science and technology. Welcome to Morphe Search Required, where we ask the questions that no one will give us the money to answer. I'm Amy Giacomucci. I'm Abby Norling-Ruggles. And hey, Abby, you know what today is? What's today? Today is going to be the day that I'm going to throw it back to you. We're talking about Wonderwall. Uh, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I personally think that it was very good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like this could be a difficult topic for us right now because you were just saying that uh, that you're excited about Paramore right now because they just did new exciting things. And I've, yeah. I've spent all day thinking about how uh, Dessa performed at the with the Minnesota Orchestra and did really cool, like, you know, arrangements of her songs and raps over like orchestral music and that i don't know just like exciting musical stuff is happening that's not wonderwall wait that's really cool i really need to get into dessa you do you can't get into this though right now because it was a live concert that i wasn't at but hopefully there will be some like recordings or something at some point they have to there have to be oh dessa is so cool she's so cool but you know who's less cool? Oasis. Oh my gosh, Oasis. I have I have so many thoughts about Oasis. I actually like <laughs> Okay. I think that their songs are like I don't think they're bad. They're like I don't know, very they're not bad, but, but they're like really mediocre though. Like they're not good. I mean, everyone loves Wonderwall. Even the people who hate Wonderwall, like, sort of love Wonderwall. And, like, they were just this huge thing. Everyone covered it. Radiohead has the best cover, though, in that they Oh, I just... don't even know that I listened to the Radiohead cover. I was, like, listening to some to, like, prepare myself for this, and it was miserable, and I did not enjoy it. The Radiohead cover is one minute and 13 seconds long. They get all the lyrics wrong, and then they give up halfway through. <laughs> and it's my favorite cover that of any song. That does sound great. I will, I will check that out. <laughs> yeah, please do. I'll send it to you later. <laughs> but cool. yeah, I've, I'm sorry that I made you do this, but I also just like, Oasis is so weird. I love them. They're brothers, and they hate, but they're not brothers anymore. They sure well, do they hate s- each other now. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't I don't really know the whole story of Oasis. I know that there's some brothers there, but maybe not anymore or something. Yeah, they they were two brothers, Liam and Noel Gallagher, and I think that they always sort of hated each other, but eventually being put Why in a band together. Why did they start a together, band together then? Because I don't know, it's probably just like a good shtick or something. I'm pretty sure I don't know the entire situation, but I I feel like it's just like the pressures of being in a band with the sibling you hate and they just like do not talk to each other anymore. And I also was looking up some fun Wonderwall facts. And (laughs) the first time that Liam heard Noel perform Wonderwall, his exact words were, what do you think you're doing, dickhead? (laughs) To be fair, that's also my reaction to Wonderwall. (laughs) It's all of us. He knew. <laughs> yeah. 
<sighs> yeah, so but so, maybe we should say the thing that we're trying to accomplish right now. <laughs> okay, Rather I mean, it, it's Wonder hard Wall to say facts. exactly what it is. It's about Wonderwall, and it's about <laughs> uh, hearing one guy at a party with an acoustic guitar play Wonderwall. Yeah. Uh, but we have a couple <laughs> questions here. One is, I guess, how broad is this phenomenon? Is it universal across space and time? Uh, and the other one is, <laughs> it's phrased here as, how far did you get at learning guitar versus how have you played Wonderwall on acoustic guitar at a party? Yeah, so, that... I guess, is this I... an experience limited to people who have just learned their first five chords on the guitar? Yeah, what was um, your worst Wonderwall experience? Oh, geez. I don't know if I have a specific one. It's just, I, I mean, other than, like, every time I hear the song at this point, I'm just like, ah, oh, not this song. So kind of all of them. Mm-hmm. They just, but like, I don't, up. I don't have a specific memory of, uh, being trapped at a party while someone's playing Wonderwall. Although I have definitely been at multiple gatherings where someone was playing Wonderwall. Do you have like a specific bad memory of it? Oh, I have one that, well, I went to a different country. I went to a non-English speaking country. When I studied abroad, I went to Italy and there was a, like, there was supposed to be live music at this rest or this like cafe place called the Tea Room at night. And I thought to myself, I can check out some cool Italian music and see what's popular over here in not America. And then I went to it, and I think you know how the story is going to end, <laughs> which is as soon guess. as I got there, like, I was, like, ordering a beverage, and the person started playing Wonderwall on the acoustic guitar. And it's also really fun, because, like, while I was abroad, every time that someone sung a song live, they would be, like approximations of the english lyrics so it was like a lot more endearing than most wonder that does actually sound kind of charming i feel like i've only heard it performed by white male college students i mean he was probably also a white male college students but student but it's different when you're not an american white male college student fair yeah <laughs> or not a english-speaking white male college student actually because oasis is british um <laughs> that that is a good point should yeah. try not to be too America-centric in our discussion of this British music. Yeah, I mean, sure. But, like, I strongly believe that Americans have embraced this song more than any English person ever could. <laughs> I don't know. I've... I I I heard some... Uh, there. I, so I was looking on Google Scholar to just see if there was anything about Wonderwall or Oasis. <laughs> and there was not much, but I did come across... Uh, the these this like sort of set i guess of british research about quote unquote cultural omnivores which was not very relevant except they did some surveys about like what types of music different groups liked and they got some good statistics about what percentage of the population liked wonderwall Wait, uh, was that the one I okay I think I know how much it was because I think that I ended up finding that paper and like looking through it a little bit like a couple of weeks ago like what was the percentage okay so I I believe that this is all from the same study uh it, it's 
2005, 46.6% of British people liked Wonderwall. Um, 14% have listened to it and didn't like it. Uh, 13% have not listened but have heard of it. And 27% of British people had not heard of it. So this is... um, There are people who haven't heard of Wonderwall? 27% of the population in Britain. There you go. I mean, that's of the whole population. Like, that's a lot of people. You know, like elderly people and stuff. But so so slightly more people liked Wonderwall than liked watching the World Cup. And slightly fewer people liked Wonderwall than the number of people who liked Picasso. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so many people lied about liking picasso <laughs> oh yeah for sure for sure <laughs> like, i mean like sorry. a researcher asks you if you're like you know oh do you want to figure out if you're like a cultural omnivore and <laughs> then asks you like oh do you like britney spears how about vivaldi and turns out <laughs> a lot more people will say they like vivaldi <laughs> yeah yeah, and also, like, how do you feel about one of the most popular and often mentioned artists in our culture? Is he okay? Yeah, the, how many people are, like, just bad. I feel bad about Picasso. <laughs> yeah, I just wish there was, like, one person who turned that in and was like, he doesn't know anything about anatomy. You know? <laughs> or just, I've never heard of Picasso. Who are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, if only there were a follow-up question that was like, what's your favorite Picasso painting? Name it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I hate no, that's being a, good a gatekeeper question. to snobbery, but like, I do think well, that I mean, that would I, be I think you, you could also accept, like, describe it. Like, just prove that you've ever seen a Picasso <laughs> after answering yes to I like Picasso. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. You're right. And oh, I hope that there... I hope that there would be someone who just described a Manet. This feels mean-spirited, though, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't care if people like Picasso. And in fact, um, only like 48% of the population actually did say that they like Picasso. But like, you know, so, so like more power to those 52% of the population. It's just like, if you do say that you, you don't like Picasso, or like that you do like Picasso, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there are probably a lot of people who feel like they have to say that. Yeah, I want, I just feel like, I think that exposing the people who don't actually like Picasso, but say they do, will sort of make people feel like they're allowed to say, actually, I don't care about art. You know? Yeah, or I do care about art, but not, you know, the like, the the people who are considered great necessarily. Yeah, like, I just think that we would be a much better culture if we didn't judge people for like, do you think that... Do, like, have you read Franzen? Do you love Franzen? Is Franzen your favorite author? Yeah, I just read a great piece about David Foster Wallace and how the person writing the article was uh, asked to read David Foster Wallace and really didn't want to. And then, you know, she did. And it turned out that he was fine, but not good <laughs> enough that she should have, like, been constantly recommended David Foster Wallace by various dudes. And she regrets doing it. <laughs> That's such a universal experience. Yeah, for it's real. It's like people hyping up like some canon author, often male, and like to you over and over again. And then you read it and you're like, 
I guess I have to like it because I did read a thousand pages of it. So. I don't know. I feel like I usually just end up resenting it. I mean, this is what, like, yeah. even good books that I read in school, I was less likely to like because I felt like, you know, someone was making me read it. Mm-hmm. And someone was, like, ascribing a value to it before even Right, saying, it like, you. oh, isn't it so great? The symbolism is wonderful. And if I just, like, read it on my own, you know, I wouldn't know what, like, the color of Sula's dress represents. But, like, I probably would have enjoyed Sula. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Sula is like also also I feel like there are a lot of books that are not meant to be like fun, enjoyable reads. Sula is one of them. But That's the true. way that people present them tend to be like, This book is amazing. You have to read it right now at this time in your life specifically and like you need to just like no matter what, you're gonna think it's a great book because it's a great book. And it's kind of like, no, like, if I'm having a bad day, I don't want to read a Toni Morrison book unless <laughs> I need, like, a commiseration read. Yeah, no, like... I mean, that's that's super, super true that, like, even if, even if hypothetically there are books that are objectively good, they're not always going to be good for you at a specific time in your life or even, like, your day. Like, you can't yeah. try to force it when it's not the right book for the right time. Yeah, and I think that that's probably why high school assigned reading is always so bad, is that, like, you're reading these very serious old-timey literature books that you have to sort of be in the right kind of contemplative mood to read or whatever, but mm -hmm. you're doing it in, like, a, what, month, like, month or two-month period and, like, with your entire class and it's just a bad environment to read classic literature, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's a good way to experience it. Anyway, yeah. we've gotten, like, very off topic here. <laughs> we were talking yeah. about Wonderwall. <laughs> we sure were. And okay. how almost half of British people liked it in 2005, I guess, which honestly seems high to me, but, you know. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of people would be like, Wonderwall, no, I only listen to Vivaldi, but like actually just sort of like acknowledge Wonderwall and would leave it on the radio if it came on in the car. Like, it depends on what you mean by like, I think. Did yeah. the study define that? Uh, they had a, a sort of complicated system of like um, ways that you could rate a song or a piece of art on here like i didn't write it all down but it's like um you know rating it on a scale of one to five but then also just saying yes and no to like have you listened to this do you like it um <laughs> so yeah vivaldi has a a higher percentage of people who liked it slightly and only half as many people who listened to it but didn't like it so vivaldi is more popular but again like i don't know if people answer these honestly when you just have a a researcher ask you like you know oh do you like one of the greatest classical compositions of all time <laughs> yeah but is there a way to remove bias from asking those these kind of questions like I well guess one way just... is to look at like pure popularity like give people options of songs to play presumably over like a period of time and just track like what they actually play oh yeah 
Yeah, but also the frequency of how often you play a song, as my iTunes library will tell you, does not actually correlate with how much you like it, I don't think. Or it does, but in a weird well, way. Well, loose kind of correlation. Yeah, not, not perfect. Right. There are definitely outside factors, such as what mood are you in and what song is appropriate for that mood. Yeah. And like what song gets stuck in your head the most and you just keep playing it over and over yeah, again. Yeah, definitely. Which is my trap. Um, but yeah, I feel like the old, I feel like the way that you could do that is like maybe playing playing a lot of different kinds of classical music, some canon and like very... Um, what's the word? Uh, some canon and very like culturally significant, if you if that's uh-huh. what you want to call it, and like some just sort of by unknowns and just asking which ones people like of those. <laughs> but I don't know if that would quite tell you about culture. Like if the study is about culture, then even the things that you lie about liking ha- are significant too. That's true, right? And I think that is something that this um whatever it was cultural omnivore uh set of studies what they were looking at was partially just like um whether you know high status individuals are sort of more snobbish about what they like or if they claim to like a a wider variety of things so it, it wasn't even necessarily concerned with what they actually truly did like so much as what they you know performed liking which is also very interesting yeah i was listening to um well, I was listening to some to another podcast this morning. Um, do you listen to Says Who? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, the most recent episode just has a long, just has like a long section that's about like food and culture and like what wealthy people like are I saw supposed Maureen, to like. Uh, Johnson tweeting about uh, will Trump eat that? will trump eat that was a very good game (laughs) i really like it it brightened my morning a little bit she also um i don't know a couple episodes ago at some point she had quite a rant about uh salad and wedge salads yeah whether wedge salad is a real salad it's an interesting question yeah it's not it's just a I think that calling it not a salad. No, we can't do this. We can't okay. do this again. <laughs> okay. Back on track. Not books, yeah. not salads. We're on Wonderwall. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We, I guess neither of us actually enjoy Wonderwall. Gosh. Was well, it- I mean, that means that we're in the slight majority of the population. Well, if you take Britain to be representative of, like, the world population, which you obviously should not. Mm-hmm. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, it's very close to 50-50 on who actually likes Wonderwall. But I guess, I mean, should we talk about, like, I guess the the cliche and, like, why that might be a thing? Oh, yeah. The, anyway, here's Wonderwall cliche. Um, This must, I was looking at Google Trends for a while, just like Mm -hmm. I looked up Wonderwall and Google Trends. And there was a huge spike in 2012, August 2012, because Wonderwall played as the close. Blur played Wonderwall as the closer for the British Olympics. And I feel like in my, I feel like I remember like 2013, early 2013, maybe late 2012, like my first year of college being when Wonderwall memes started getting really big on Tumblr. 
this might be something my brain's making up. No, I think but... that's true, actually. So, so interestingly, um, the the earliest record I could find of the phrase "anyway, here's Wonderwall" was from 2013, which does roughly correlate with what you're talking about. Oh. But, uh, I I read an interview with Oasis from 2002, which mentioned that they went to a guitar shop. And uh, there was a sign in the guitar shop, like, forbidding anyone from playing Wonderwall. So Wonderwall as, like, a cliche song that bad guitar players play is much, much older than that period. Oh, wait, that was in 2002? Uh, Yeah, that interview. Oh, okay, because I formed a theory, which is that the Ryan Adams acoustic cover of Wonderwall is what made it, like, made it, like, a especially popular that was in 2004 just because it was like an even easier way of playing a very easy song well but the the original song features the the very simple chords very heavily so i think you can actually approximate the sound of the original song pretty well with knowing five chords on an acoustic guitar and having a whiny singing voice like that's what you need Yeah, and also, like, the lyrics are so weird that it's not, like, okay, it's just enough maybe about a person, even though Noelle Gallagher says that it was about a an imaginal, imaginary friend who's going to save you from yourself, but it's just enough maybe about a girl that you can, like, sort of be like, hey, Jessica, and then start playing your guitar. <laughs> right, um, but it's, like, vague enough that it does. it's not, like, super situation-specific. Yeah, so, and also, like, it's just, it's, I think that it's also an easy song that is very popular, that is not, like, old, and that's not, like, especially old, and not, like, a sort of pop song, I guess. Oasis is pop, but I don't think that people it's would like call rock, it It's like rock, I would say. I don't really know I, what genres are, but I think it's rock. Yeah, I I think that I'd call them like alt pop, but I'm not good at putting things into genres. I guess it would count as rock. I just yeah, I feel this is like a difficult topic. I feel like for us to talk about partially because I don't know about you, but I know nothing about music theory and like even less about like music pedagogy. So like, oh my gosh, we're kind (laughs) of just making things up here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Please, we're not experts at all i just all i did was go on google trends on wonderwall yeah i i just went on google trends i found a google page where a lot of people were talking about surveys that were taken off the internet but they were talking enough about the results that i was able to know the results from that (laughs) um and and i looked up a lot of stuff about oasis and then i just listened to the new paramore song so i am an expert actually yeah i can tell Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah no but i did end up looking up stuff about like how many people play guitar in the united states just for fun and like i was trying yeah, to figure out find? if there's um well i found uh so this was from the google webs like the weird google forum website google answers that where <laughs> someone the I'm most not... reputable source it's true like know. you know we're we're breaking into uncharted territory here like we're breaking new ground this no one has has studied the phenomenon of people playing wonderwall at parties before so there's not like a lot of resources to go on yeah, but there's no need to fret, am I right? 
because spreading anyway but um so <laughs> that was very bad i'm sorry <laughs> thanks thank you it's because i kept reading about reading about how to play the song on guitar and every time i saw the word fret i thought it said or fretting i thought it said don't fret or no fretting and i was like that's a fun pun they never did you're like um, write it down for the podcast later yeah, I also wrote in all caps, Wonderwall not allowed, and I don't remember why. Anyway, okay. but um, so on the weird Google Yahoo Answers ripoff website, there's uh-huh. someone's results, someone linked to a defunct caravan survey. This person said that 43% of adults in the United States can play instrument, can play an instrument or said they did. 13% of those can play guitar. Um, people who are 18 to 34 years old are more likely than, to, than older people to play guitar, and men are more likely than women to play guitar, 17% versus 9%. Um, and there was also a Gallup poll, which also had a broken link, um, but the person <laughs> who posted that said that 54% of American households have at least one musical instrument. So I was wondering if I was trying to figure out if there was a way to math it out to like sort of figure out what percentage of households will have an acoustic guitar in them and a person who can play Wonderwall in them at the same time. Hmm. Unfortunately, I think that it's impossible to do that. I But I don't know enough about math or stat to be sure. Yeah, well, these are very like tricky numbers with no like sort of sourcing or data behind them, which does make it difficult. But I think also part of the, um, uh, you know, sort of one factor in answering that question is the fact that many Wonderwall players are the type of people who would carry their guitar with them wherever they go. That's very true. (laughs) So I think that there may not need to be a guitar in a household because they will provide their own guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teach a man guitar, he'll play for a day. (laughs) give a man a guitar and today's gonna be the day etc um but yeah um that's very true i feel like all the people in my high school who played guitar did take their guitar with them to every party i went to just (laughs) all of them yeah i feel like my high school was pretty big on ukuleles like a lot of people just brought ukuleles around yeah i think we had a couple of those not as many as you would think though yeah what what was the what was your school because i'm wondering if our high school experiences had as much wonderwall as like the people before us when wonderwall was in the zeitgeist did your school have like an alternate wonderwall huh i don't know i don't know if i can think of a specific song that would take that place i mean i do also think like it's true that we um you know, we we went to high school after Wonderwall was, like, legitimately popular. Like, it came out in the mid-90s, which is way before we were in high school. But then, right, it became, like, a meme. Or, you know, I think it was a cliche beforehand, but specifically it became a big meme in, like, 2012, right? So, like, after we were in high school. So, like, right. we did kind of I maybe miss some peak Wonderwall periods, but we were in college when it was a meme. Yeah, but I don't think I really ran into many people who did Wonderwall in college. I think that <laughs> all the I didn't I guess I just didn't hang out with the acoustic guitar crowd in college actually. Yeah, I didn't so much either. Yeah, does Swarthmore have an acoustic guitar crowd? They Probably, must. Probably. But I don't know where yeah. to look for it. Yeah. 
We have so many good classical musicians. Maybe they just That's get sucked true. into the classics. Yeah, so that was a question that I had is like, how many guitar players actually have been formally trained in an instrument versus how many of them have, like, you know, I don't play, like, I'm not a musician, but like, at a point in my life, I was taught a couple chords on the guitar by just like, I think my sister maybe, but or like a friend or something, but like, you know, how many people who like quote unquote play guitar have like learned a couple chords from a friend versus actually have formal training not that you obviously can't teach yourself guitar but uh i just have no idea what those numbers are yeah i tried to look into that too but it's hard to find and there's also this thing where like guitar lessons cost money and now we're all teaching ourselves how to do stuff without paying people to teach us via the internet and stuff like that and like can you enroll in an online course in guitar and all of that jazz um yeah well especially like guitar is a very popular instrument for people to play because they want to be in bands and stuff but it's not a very popular instrument for music teachers to teach like i think it's pretty rare yeah i mean not i I mean like obviously there are plenty of people out there teaching guitar because there's a demand for it but i mean like in in school classes and you know there's like Mm. school band and school orchestra but guitars don't lend themselves to that super well yeah why that's that's true and i feel like a guitar is a much more useful and transferable instrument to learn how to play than like the recorder but why didn't well you recorders learn are super super cheap and hard to break and easy to play so i think that's why they mostly give them to elementary schoolers okay yeah sure 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 i was the only person in my recorder class who had to like put my recorder into the this like timeout bin for five minutes because I accidentally played it while the teacher was talking because <laughs> I breathed into it because it was the first Aww. day <laughs> I was made an example of and now I can never think of the recorder fondly again oh man I actually played the recorder a lot like way longer than most people play it because I played it for uh folk dancing groups that I was a part of so like I'm kind of a recorder expert do people play recorder not in third grade music class? Rarely, very rarely. But actually, like, I I don't really remember how this happened, but I for a little while I took lessons from, like, one of the, like, premier recorder players, I don't know, in the country, in the world. I have no idea. I was <laughs> still very, this is still while I was in, like, fifth grade or something, so, like, I really don't know. But, uh, but yeah, she, like, did concerts and stuff. It was crazy. <laughs> what (laughs) i don't know i i don't really know like i was sort of in the the i don't know slightly more intense recorder scene but i don't i don't really know much about it because i was still a small child but i did you know i played it for and i think where some people do play it is for um you know english and scottish folk dancing it's a good instrument that's like super easy to pick up and then you can just play the folk tunes that people need to dance to so i did that a bunch I guess that makes sense, but the that's like such a specific thing to be expert of. And that sounds. <laughs> I mean, like... someone has to do it, right? Yeah, but that. And yeah, oh, there is wow. there's music out there that's like written specifically for recorder, and there's like a bunch of sizes of them. Like, some, there's some recorders that are so big. So like, like how how big is so big? Like, like as tall point? as a person. What? Yeah, they. There's there's lots of there's lots of recorders out there. 
It's a big deal, sort of. It's not a big deal, but it's big for some people. Can you play Wonderwall on the recorder? I almost certainly cannot. Okay. I don't, like, I I think maybe at one point in my life I sort of learned how to read music, but, like, not well. I don't know. If you gave me half an hour, I could probably figure it out. That's going to be our theme music. It is not. It is absolutely not. Abby, it's only a half hour of your time for my lifetime of happiness. If I even have a recorder in my apartment right now, I don't know. I had a pretty nice... I actually had two pretty nice recorders. Like, the second you start taking a recorder outside of uh, elementary school class, they make you get a wooden one, because I guess they sound better mm-hmm. or whatever. But, like, they, they're still, like, quite cheap, so I had a couple of them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I want to ask a million questions about this, but we don't have. I mean, this we do is like at least our third tangent, but I mean, it's true. We can do whatever we want on this podcast. Yeah, this is this is our podcast. We're the mayor of Podcast Town. Like, this specific small town that we have created on the outskirts mm-hmm. of the larger podcast metropolis. Yeah. We're, I guess we're a podcast shanty village or whatever they're called. I don't Just know. Just like a little podcast hut that we have. Oh, <laughs> podcast hut. That's really what. That's really cute. I like it. That's where we live. Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe let's just try to like build a study and that will help us go on less tangents because I think that we will be better at staying on topic if we do not have to talk about Wonderwall as a concept. Yeah, that may be true. I don't know. I mean, right, we can we can probably get into designing a study. Yeah. Okay, so the question that we want to answer right now, maybe can it be, like, the one that I'm feeling is, like, how likely are you at any given party to have a acoustic guitar and Wonderwall played at you? Yeah, no, that's, I, I think that's the most interesting question here is, uh, what is the prevalence of Wonderwall as a song played on acoustic guitar at parties and what are the demographics that do this and is it a national or international trend or at this point is it really just a meme and like not a thing I would like you know to like I don't know if there's a way to design a study that would actually do this but like it would be really nice if we could get some idea of like how this has changed over time like we have this data point from 2002, which suggests that a mere seven years after the song had come out, people were extremely sick of hearing it. But, <laughs> like, has that continued pretty consistently to the present day, or was there a resurgence? I don't know. Yeah, I will say, while I was doing my Google Trend studies, it seems like since 2012, there's been a pretty steady decline in Wonderwall discussions online, whether that means the meme is dying down or if it's like actually the song hype is sort of decreasing. Is anyone's guess? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, But right, that's a that's a really tricky thing to measure because we would pretty much just have to rely on people's memories of hearing Wonderwall, which is mm-hmm. not a very scientific way to go. Yeah, I mean, with if we did things that were, like, more modern, like, since 2006, we could see, like, we could just find all of the spontaneous YouTube videos of people playing Wonderwall, but even that's not great because not everyone had a YouTube account. YouTube's popularity rose. Um, yeah, definitely. So. But, right, I mean, we yeah. could do a survey where we ask people, you know, 
you, you know, asked for their demographic information and age and stuff, and then asked, like, have you ever had the experience of hearing Wonderwall played impromptu at a party? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that really answers the question that, we, that we're looking at here. I would just be interested to see the results of that survey. Yeah, if only there were a way to, like predict what the next wonder wall is going to be and implement a study on that yeah that would be nice i mean we could also like a like you know expand this a bit and just try to figure out what currently is the song most likely to be played impromptu at parties yeah i think that we're the one problem with trying to predict it is that like computer music is it's is it denigrating to call it computer music i mean that in like a sort of fun whimsical way but I mean, computer do you music mean is like, getting super popular. Like electronic music or like auto tune and stuff. I mean, not that those are entirely I mean the entire genre. Just, well, just, I just like mean music the entire genre. Yeah. Of music that cannot be produced if you do not have like a synthesizer with you at the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely more popular now than it was in 1995. But I do think yeah. that um yeah, and current music a lot of it is like a lot of the most popular stuff anyway. And you do want this to be a popular song because you want people at the party to know the lyrics. Uh, right. I I think that most of the popular songs right now are pretty heavily produced, even if they're not actually like electronic or synthesized or whatever, um, mm-hmm. which does make them difficult to just, you know, bring out your guitar and play. So I wonder if right now a lot of the... Um, the more popular songs are like from a you know a decade or two ago yeah i wouldn't be surprised i think that like the i do think that the 2000s no i think that actually when i was in high school people were kind of grasping at modern songs to try to find anything that would be playable <laughs> on the guitar yeah um so, like, the songs that were popular were, like, Call It Off by Tegan and Sarah and, like, a Rise Against song, Swing Life Away, and, like, an Of Monsters and Men song. So it uh, wasn't, yeah. like, what was actually the most popular at the time, I think. Right. You know, there's definitely, like, sort of a different subset of music that's, like, can you possibly perform this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that like I'm surprised that Tegan and Sarah was on that list because I think that you do have to sort of be an unmarked person of an artist which is to say in our current society like a man a like straight man yeah that definitely helps right you mm-hmm. don't catch a lot of the like Wonderwall type of college bros singing songs by female artists no no I've I don't think I've ever heard a heard like a college bro singing a song by a woman yeah i mean not that i can think of okay but but back to our study assuming that we we want to i guess either figure out what the current like equivalent of wonderwall is or figure out how wonderwall is doing nowadays like our goal is to find out what songs are being played impromptu at parties by people with acoustic guitars or, you know, I mean, right. we could broaden it to see, like, if there are any other instruments in play or whatever. But how do we oh, get... Oh, I had a thought, yeah. which is just, like, how do, do songs play at parties measure up against what songs are actually popular at that time? Like, yeah, is the popularity of songs. Yeah, I think that that would be an easier thing to answer and a more, like, solid foundation to stand on. Well, okay, so I feel like... Um... 
regardless of the question that we're actually trying to answer here, it seems clear to me that what we're trying to measure is what songs are played at parties and with what frequency. So, like, do we just want to do this through a survey? I'm not, you know, we can't, like, spy on everyone's parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think that a survey would probably, uh, I guess a survey would be good. It just... We always have to just do surveys. It would be fun to do I an know. experiment at some point. I mean, we could. what we could do is, like, I don't know, set up recording devices in, like, college dorms. Like, get permission from people to do this. And just, like, I mean, obviously that would be, like, a limited segment of the population. That's also, like, very creepy. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure it is. But, like, yep. if you don't want to take people's word for this, like, what are you going to do? true or it could just be like uh you put an acoustic guitar in a room and don't and have that room be the test room and just have someone play acoustic guitar. <laughs> oh do one of those and- like psychological studies where it all happens like you know in the the like quote-unquote waiting room so that people don't realize they're in the study but just like send a bunch of people into a room and and tell them like okay you're just gonna have to wait for a while until the test begins but there's a a guitar in the room and just be like amuse yourselves and see what they do and they're all people who just started playing guitar so like someone's gonna be like hey did you know that i know guitar (laughs) at some point this seems Uh, a little tricky to set up if you have to get people who are new guitar players yeah and i also do like you can't guarantee that everyone likes sharing new skills as much as I do. So, do you think you'd do that if you were just in a room with a bunch of strangers and you were like, there was a guitar there and you would just learn five chords on the guitar? You think you would start Not playing? Not with a it? bunch of strangers, but like with a bunch of people who I like know well enough to sort of to very much want to be friends with them. Yeah, I'd do it. I would absolutely <laughs> do it. <laughs> Right, so we need to, like, engineer situations where groups of, like, friends or acquaintances have access to a guitar. Or go to, like, a, a summer festival thing. Like a some outdoor oh, summer true. festival Just at collect, dusk and walk yeah, around. Some data. Yeah. I mean, you that's actually, we, you, we could go back to our original question of, like, how universal is this by going to, like, a bunch of different music festivals in different places and... Uh, tracking what songs are played on acoustic guitar. Yeah, but we'd need a lot of people to scout for us because like we have unlimited funding in this scenario. We can oh, do unlimited right. people. We're going to be such good job creators. <laughs> we are. We're gonna hire so many people to to go buy their way into a music festival and just walk <laughs> around taking notes. We have unlimited funding, and we're not gonna buy their way into the music festival. No, I mean we'll we'll like give them money for that yeah or we'll buy their tickets or whatever we're not gonna make them pay themselves yeah i was gonna say <laughs> yeah i'm sorry for giving that impression that would be a, a very unreasonable way to do research yeah or we could also just like incentivize it somehow for people who are going to the festival like make an app and just be like be like share what songs you hear while you're here um and i don't know create like a bingo card or something (laughs) that has the song actually yeah if you created an app with a bingo card of the songs that you wanted to test for hearing that would probably get a lot of people to do it and like interesting i mean it would be (laughs) it would not be like a good representative sample but if you had there you know an app you could have um 
you could you can make them allow for location on their phone and then you could just have like you know these data points lighting up all over the world of like you know oh wonderwall is playing it at this festival and a bunch of people are are marking it on their phones that would be amazing yeah. you can make like a cool map of it like in real time yeah and you have to like maybe you have to like record a snippet of it just just in case but i don't know i think that i trust people enough to like not cheat on a low stakes app yeah, well, I mean, especially if you could get, like, enough density of, like, <clears throat> you know, I don't know, 10% of people at this festival have this app, then, like, you could check it by by making sure that multiple people in the same area had, had marked it. Yeah, like the Pokemon Go of Oasis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what we need here, basically. Like, a, yeah. a gamified Pokemon Go app where you mark what song is playing in your local area. And then we just collect all of that data. Yes. Also, oh my gosh, Pokemon going, like gamifying scientific studies would be such a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you do have to be really careful. Like, this is not the highest quality of data that we would be getting from this. But like, our response rate would probably be pretty good if we could like advertise it enough. Yeah. And also, like, we don't need like high quality data if the question we're asking is just like, do people pl- still play? Yeah, Wonder this is Wall not like a life or death places? question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is just like a general curiosity sort of question. So we could just like, if we find a bunch of people who are playing it in a bunch of different places, then the answer is, yeah. It still happens pretty frequently. It would be, I think that what I sort of, wanted to find from it would be like what other songs are playing and that's why i suggested as suggested it as sort of a like multiple songs thing yeah i think i I don't think you want to limit yourself to a bingo card because that's like you know 24 25 songs and you want i mean maybe have it randomly generated or whatever but i think you want more of a pokemon go thing where there's like you know a whole big list of possible songs and the you know the goal is to catch them all so you want to make sure to mark ones yeah, I just said bingo card because it was the first thing I could think of that would be like gamifying it. But yeah, I think that that like having just a number of how often is Wonderwall played versus how often are other songs played? Like, do we only think Wonderwall is played that often because we're trained to think Wonderwall is played that often? That yeah, I mean, I feel thing? like there definitely has to be an element of confirmation bias in there. Like, you know, even if you only hear Wonderwall a couple times in your life when you hear it you're gonna be like oh this is like you know it's happening to me wonderwall is always played versus like (laughs) you know you hear some other random song and you just think like oh they're playing their guitar so yeah yeah, I i think we need data on this yeah i think yeah i really like gamifying it because again it's not an important question (laughs) (laughs) right and it's not yeah we don't necessarily want to um you know, t- like, like get a, a really nice representative pop- sample of the population and, like, sit them in a room for hours doing a really controlled study on them to answer this question <laughs> when we could, you know, do, like, actually important research with that, that type of, like, setup. But instead, we can release this, I'm sure, to be wildly popular app and get we- quite a lot of low-quality data and people can have fun collecting it. We only need it to be popular for, like, two days in the middle of summer during a summer festival season. Yeah, right. No, I mean, right, not even as as long as Pokemon Go was a thing. Like, (laughs) we just need it to be a craze for, like, 
you know, a weekend and we can get some really good data. I mean, not good data, but like like, enough data. Maybe like offer a free snack at it again. I think that summer festivals are like a really good. Yeah, I think that's that's a good spot. I mean, right. Obviously, this is not answering the question of like, you know, is this experience universal across like, you know, race and age and class and whatever. But like, it would certainly answer the question of. Is it happening in a bunch of different locations and is it happening right now in the present? Or, you know, yeah, if it's I, not Wonderwall, what is it? Yeah, I really want to know what new Wonderwall is. And like, if we want to ask questions about race, age and class, we can do a survey. But surveys are all we talk about. Let's talk about something new and fresh and big. Right. Well, and yeah, I, I do think like, do we really want to go around and ask people like, you know, here's a list of, like, every question the census asks you, and also, have you heard Wonderwall played at a party? Like, A, people's memories aren't that good, so it's not even that helpful, and B, like, that's so boring. And also, like, if you got that survey in the mail, would you send it back? Like, if I mean, you, people like, don't the... even send the actual census back. I know. <laughs> not much less our, our Wonderwall census. <laughs> Yeah, so I, yeah, so, and I think that there's a lot of merit to be had in gamifying, like, in gamifying Yeah, no, I think this is a really, really interesting way to go. And I, I, you know, I do think that it would get people enthusiastic about it and probably get us many more responses. I mean, again, assuming that we could publicize it enough than just asking people to fill out a survey, which is boring. And right, the other the other thing that's nice about this is that we don't really need to know about people's like personal Wonderwall habits. Like what we need to know about is how much is Wonderwall being played at this festival. So or you know at, at whatever festivals we're doing. So like no, this is great cuz like it doesn't matter that we're self-selecting for, you know, like people who are likely to download a phone game and like play it at a festival. Um yeah, like it doesn't matter. It, it just matters the people as, we're studying. as we have like a, yeah, cuz cuz we're studying the crowd as a whole. So we just need, like, some number of people to have this app and be doing it, and we're totally good. I love this. Can I just quick, real quick point out that you said the phrase personal Wonderwall habit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I did say that. I don't really have any defense. <laughs> just like you fall asleep every night listening to wonderwall or like well that would that's... be one example of someone's personal wonderwall habits but like everyone's different in their wonderwall experience <laughs> you're so right i'm being um i'm excluding people in my very yeah, narrow don't be judgmental assessment. yes that's what this podcast has taught us <laughs> Don't judge Wonderwall by its covers. I'm still going to judge Wonderwall, but I won't judge people who listen to Wonderwall, even if they listen to it every night before they go to sleep. (laughs) It just makes them feel comfort. (laughs) I mean, if that's what they want to do, that's great. If that's that's how they feel about Wonderwall, I don't understand it, but it's great. Yeah, Liam and Noel hate Wonderwall, so, like, we don't have to (laughs) like it. (laughs) But I'm sure there are people out there who do like Wonderwall. I mean, we, like, there must be because people keep playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, it's been, it's too long. It's been too long. It has been 22 years. It's been, it's a, that's our time. age. That is our age. I mean, I'm, 
I'm not, I guess I'm, I'm like one year older than Wonderwall, roughly, sort of. I don't really know. Somewhere in there. I'm roughly the age of Wonderwall. We've barely lived in a world without Wonderwall. Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember what it was like. Ugh. Probably good. Probably really nice. Yeah, we can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think that we're pretty much wrapped up at this point. Yeah. But again, I mean, final I'm, question. I'm very, oh, yeah. I, you know, I was going to try to, you know, no, ne- never mind. I'm actually just going to do it. Amy. Where who would fund this study? <laughs> okay, I think that I think that the main thing that's go- would make someone want to fund the study would be figuring out whether or not using like a game a game or an app for incidental data collection would be an a- advantageous um, way to collect data in a sort of low stakes situation. So I would say maybe like a national research research council or like um, just like. Basically, um, like maybe Gallup, maybe Caravan, maybe those, those those places that have created like this very yeah, I could see it. Like, yeah. Do you have any pers- ideas yourself? Um, the only thing I can have would be a much less serious one, which is that if we could like sell some record companies or some like sheet music producers on the idea that they really need to know like what the word on the street is about like what songs are being played by people <laughs> to like a, to like a coalition of gu- of beginning guitar teachers who want to stay hip <laughs> yes absolutely we need to form a guild of guitar teachers who want to be hip and then make them fund this <laughs> i that's a great idea that's better than anything i've said all day <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure this will work great Alright. Okay, so before we wrap up, do we have any news or anything? Or, um, I don't have any news. I don't know. I yeah. I uh, was listening to to this great podcast actually, uh, Métis in Space, which uh they said that I don't know where they got this information, so it could be totally hearsay. But um, they said that most podcasts only record three episodes, so I think we're already doing pretty good. <gasps> Abby, this is four. <laughs> yeah, we've passed that bar. Oh my gosh, we did it. We're a success, I'm pretty sure. Everything we do after this is like exceeding expectations. Yeah, no, I, right, it's just extra. We could stop at any time and we're just like, good, but we won't stop because we're doing great. We cleared the lowest bar. <laughs> we did it. I think the lowest bar is one episode. I think we've cleared like two whole bars. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I Okay. That's great. I'm really proud of us. Yeah, we did so good. Okay. Well, yeah. we should probably end the show rather than just talking about how great we are. Yeah, true, true, true. But may we have many more episodes past the first three. Or four, because now we've done four whole episodes. I forgot how to count. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, this is Amy and Abby coming at you from the future. Uh, We just wanted (laughs) to let you know that our uh, music is Marie Curie by The Crips off the album Discover Science. We also wanted to let you know that you can follow us now because we have a Tumblr and a Twitter. 
The Tumblr is wow. more research required at tumblr.com, created by Abby. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. <laughs> well, um, and the Twitter is more research underscore, which was created by Amy. Thank you for your hard work in creating I, a Twitter. <laughs> it took a lot. I really appreciate getting recognized. And we also have an email. So if you want to shoot us any questions or just say hi, uh, you can hit us up at moreresearchcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay, well, uh, this has been More Research Required. I'm Abby Norling-Ruggles. I'm Amy Giacomucci. Oh, I don't have a tagline to do. Do you want to do one? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Pick up that old dusty acoustic guitar and stay curious. Some bad names, Marie Marie.